Greetings, people. It's your brother Van Silk. I'm back again. Um, two weeks ago, I decided to create a Rapamania podcast. And my Rapamania podcast is about our culture called hip hop. And like I always said, you don't have to be an MC, a DJ, a B boy. You don't have to be a DJ. You could have been part of hip hop that made a contribution. Um, this this conversation I'm having right now is very important to me, and it's very important to everybody in hip hop. Um, the last time I seen this brother was at SOB's March of 2019. And um, I just like to get an update. Could I get the updates? But I like to, everybody to hear our brother for the first time. And uh, I love this man. This man is like, this man is like, people don't understand how much we go through in conversations. But I like everybody to say, Curtis Blow, you're still here with us, brother. How you feeling, baby? Curtis? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yeah, how you feeling, baby? You still here with us, and we love you, man. Well, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for all the love. I want to just shout out everybody. You know, we all know what I've been going through with, with my heart and all these operations and uh, just miracles and testimonies that I have. It's been one miracle after another. Hey, you, know, you know what, Curtis? Like when when it first happened, you came to New York and you had the the operation, and then and you know like we put together the Bronx Day in hip hop, but then this last one when you went for your open heart surgery. Yeah, that was something else. I mean, I was I was up all night with Shirley texting her every 30 minutes and then we got Rick Million. We got to give Rick Million because he got the doctors that work with you in New York to 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 get with the doctors in LA to make sure that you was going to be all right because man Doctors and Dr. Lumet, we had that uh, mitral valve operation. 
the test. It had stabilized. It didn't get any worse. Didn't tear. Didn't rupture anything, of course. So I was like, well, they wanted to do an operation. I said, look, I'm going back home. You know, the whole trip was supposed to be five days. I stayed there for three weeks in China. So I said, look, I'm going back home. It's my responsibility. I've been on this flight 14 hours. I got on the flight, and that was like a miracle that I made it.
stop your heart and freeze it and freeze your brain and, you know, repair the aorta and put another stent on the other side of the aorta where this tear was and stabilize it. And then we don't know if your heart is going to start beating again after we finish and we try to start your heart again because the heart is already weak. So that was a big, big, big scare in the rough part of that surgery. 12-hour surgery, I got through it. It was successful. They repaired it. Uh, the whole aorta, the right side and the left side. And uh, so when they started the heart back up, it started right back up. Boom. And the doctor said, man, you have a miracle heart. Very, very strong. Very, very strong. You, you're, you're a miracle man. You know, many people don't get through these operations like this, like you did. You pull right through. And, and brother, I cried. I was up all night. Every 30, 20 minutes with Shirley texting her. And she was giving me updates because I wouldn't post nothing unless your wife say, this is this is for the people to know and this is not for the people to know. And I know you talk to your man, Billy Bill. But man, you don't understand that within the last three years, you done went through three heart operations. And then, you know, like... Yeah. They was talking about now, which a lot of people don't know. And I, I knew about the blood clot, but we didn't want nobody, you know, to know about the blood clot in your aorta. But then a lot of people don't know that you might need a heart transplant. Right, right. And that's what they were talking about because of the weakness in my heart, you know, and the ejection fraction. Uh, uh, it had went down to a 25 you know, Craig Mack died of heart failure because he was at 25%. Then I went down to 20, and then I went down to 10. Man, I went over to Vegas after I got home from, you know, the China. second operation. Right. And then I went out to Vegas to meet Billy Bill and deal with my people. I got, I got some stem cell doctors out there. And that's some incredible stuff, too. And I want everybody to start looking into stem cells, which is the most incredible, incredible new development in technology as far as uh, 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 making people feel better when they have tears in their muscles, uh, athletes, whenever you have uh, 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 problems with your knees, bone on bone walking, uh, tears in your muscles and stuff like that. Stem cells that will regenerate stem cells in your body and and make you well again. So I've been dealing with them for about a year now. So I went out to Vegas and got me a couple of shots of stem cells, and I was feeling better. But I still got another pain in my heart. So the doctors at UCLA found out, and they said, No, 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 no. We're gonna fly you from Vegas to UCLA to LA. Airlifted me. And we're going to do this heart transplant. So I get to UCLA and all these doctors, man, I'm talking about 10 doctors are talking to me about this heart transplant and using all this new technology, which is incredible stuff, some great, incredible stuff that they have at UCLA. But um, I'm talking to, you know, a, a cardiac, cardiac specialist. I'm talking to surgeons. I'm talking to... We're talking about my kidneys 
doing an operation on my kidneys to get those better before I get a heart transplant. Everything to do with a heart transplant. I'm speaking to, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten doctors that are, uh, 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 they are giving me vaccinations for pneumonia and the measles and stuff like that in order for me to get a heart transplant. They even had dentists come through. Turn around, they want to take, take out three, four of my teeth so I can get a heart transplant. Uh, I'm talking about social workers, uh, 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 all kinds of psychiatric people, you know, see if I'm, 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 you know, correcting the mind to get a heart transplant. I mean, all these different people. So I had to, I had to take a big test uh, called a heart cath. Now, a heart cath is where they go in through your neck and they stick a tube down there with a, with a, 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 like a microscope and they check out your heart all the heart pressure, uh, uh, the ejection fraction, of course, and check out all of the arteries and from the heart and see if there's no blockage in the heart and stuff like that so you can get a heart transplant. So they did that, and, and I'm talking to the doctor. It's a minor operation. It takes about two hours. So the doctor, and I'm awake while they're doing this. They stick a tube through my neck, go in through my heart. The doctor, uh, Dr. Lee, talks to me. He says, Curtis, Mr. Walker, Mr. Walker, I'm looking at your right side of your heart and it is excellent. I mean, it is, it is, nothing is wrong with your heart. And, and your heart is just as strong as anybody's heart who's standing here looking at me right now. So he goes in on the left side. He says, there's no blockages, no blockages in the arteries. And I'm, I'm going to make this like this um, testimony to all the doctors and let them know that you don't need a heart transplant. What you need is what we call uh, cardiac rehabilitation. And with medicine, we can fix your heart. Because it's really strong and it's really powerful and you're going to be all right. So after I took that test and that test came back so incredibly positive, that doctor started talking to all the other doctors and they all changed it to me and said, okay, no heart transplant. We're gonna do what we call cardiac rehabilitation and put you in this program where you change your diet, you take different kind of medicine. Uh, we have all kinds of exercises. And then there's like a, a psychiatric group session that you can talk to other cardiac uh, 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 patients. And, and that's, you know, 85, 90% effective to bring your heart power back up from a, a, a 10. It was down to a 10. Now it's up to a 20. I bet it's back up to about 25, 35 now because I'm feeling great. But um, so I start this program in July, July 13th, a nine-week program where it's called cardiac rehabilitation so there's no heart transplant and that's those are the facts of what i'm going through right now i'm also doing you know physical therapy at home i walk three times a day today man i walk a mile and a half by myself you know what i'm saying so i'm doing good i'm feeling great i'm feeling stronger every day so things are okay so don't worry god is good uh 
I'm telling everybody, I'm a minister, and, and we as Christians, we deal with what we call the great physician. Now, those Christians who know what I'm talking about, the great physician is Jesus Christ, you know? So, once you put your faith, Jesus is the author and the finisher of all of my faith, and I think I am here, I'm still here, because I have a mission, uh, 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 a calling, I was chosen by God to spread the gospel around, and uh, this is my job, so uh, uh, I got a job to do, I think God has me still here on this earth, too, because of my testimony, you just heard it, that is it, God is real, keeping me here on this planet, because I have a job to do to let you know God is real, and if, what? if you pray, pray, prayer works, prayer changes things, prayer is powerful. I got so many testimonies of my wife with her healing hands, how she just can touch me and pain goes away, how she touches, you know, my heart, and I, I don't have any clogged arteries or anything like that, and everything is good, man, everything is great. What, what, you know what, Kurt? No more cigarettes, no more cigarettes, I quit smoking cigarettes four months ago, you know, no weed, no <laughs> drugs. <laughs> And I did all of this. I mean, opioids are trying to give me all this uh, 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 Oxycontin and all this stuff, man. I don't need this stuff. Just give me some Tylenol and I'm good. And you know what, Curtis? And I'm going to say this to you, brother. And you know how me and your relationship is. But a lot of people was calling me up and asking me how you're doing. Um, I mean, Jalil for Houdini called me today. Like, yo, Van, how our brother doing? Chirac asked me this morning, Van, how's Curtis? I know I know personally you seen Sparky D because she was out there at, with you and everything. And, um, you know, uh, Scorpio and Melly Mellon is overseas. They asked me how you doing. Raheem asked how you doing. Cool Cow asked how you doing. I mean, there's some people that just can't reach you. But the whole point is, I said, listen. We lost a lot of our great brothers, and and Curtis Blow is not going to be one of them. You know, like, he's not going to be one of them. And I was talking to Tyrone Williams and a few other, like, yo, man, we just need to take a trip out to L.A. and go see Curtis, you know? You know, because... You know, well, I saw Sparky D. along with David D. And I spoke to David D. for the first time the other day because they were working on her documentary. Right, Dave is doing a documentary. Right. And uh, it's incredible. So he came out to L.A. They visited me, came to the hospital, saw me at the hospital, prayed with me. So everything is cool, man, you know. I, I, um, you know, I got a lot of people who have been calling me. I can't return all the calls. I talked to Cool Kyle. Uh, I talked to Happy. I talked to Coca Rock. People have been calling me. Russell Simmons called me. Run, Reverend Run. I talked to him on the phone. Uh, I got messages from DM, DMC. Uh, a lot of people have been calling, and you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Just all of the love that has been you know, spread around this country and around the world from people who have just been I mean, praying, and praying, and with the well wishes, man. 
I mean, I mean, it's not. It makes me feel really, really good, and it lets me know, you know, hey, this is uh, this is some real stuff as far as you know our Christianity, our religion, our spiritual side to pray for your people who are in trouble, the people that you love. You need to pray for them. You need to pray for them. So you know what's so crazy, Kurt? It's like before you had the open heart, you was in great spirits, and then you never got to go home and had to turn around and do an open heart, man. I mean, like for you to survive that and keep your spiritual, you know, mindset up. It's incredible. It's incredible how God has taken me from each point, each one of these instances, and situations and wow and I'm like wow God I, I thought we were through this and I thought it was over but here we go again our open heart surgery I mean that's like that's 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 really tough right there you know they actually had to stop my heart for 12 hours and put it on ice and they didn't know whether it was going to beat again and after the 12 hours even my wife has a testimony where they were outside in the waiting room and she was praying with everybody and she uh, was praying and she saw like this this spirit it was like this this um, seemed like an angel was 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 coming towards me and just hovered over me and she thought the angel was gonna take me away. About to say, oh God, please don't take him away. But the angel just went inside of me and just hovered and just just became a part of me and just stayed there and gave me peace. And that's what the you know it, it gave her the peace and 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 the relaxation and just the, 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 the spirit of calmness over her. And she knew right there everything was going to be all right. Yeah, because was she. Because when she told me that morning that you had to go into emergency open heart surgery, and I heard her voice, that was the first time I heard Shirley's voice, like, like, really? It, 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 it had me crying. And, and, I, and I called Sal, and I called Paulette. I'm like, yo, man, Curtis got to go, and they have to open his chest now. And, 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 and that was not a good day. I couldn't even sleep that day. Because, brother, outside of hip-hop, like, man, you are, as a human being, 
as a human being, you 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 gave you give you give you give your heart. You're you're not you're a humble brother. You know you 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 try to help everybody and open doors for everybody, and and a lot of people was like Curtis Blow. Like I mean, and it's important that people know. Don't don't, don't feel don't, don't reach out when he's in trouble. Reach out when he's reach out now. What can I can I help you with anything? What can I do for you? This is what we're supposed to do as people, you know. And and, and you know I talked to Billy Bill because I know you talked to him because that's one of your closest friends. I said did you did you talk to Shirley or you know she he said yeah because man. You are a very important person in my life. My daughter asked me why I was crying. And I said, Curtis Blow got to have open heart surgery. Yeah, man, you know. But I'm done. That was a month ago. Can you imagine? I had open heart surgery May the 8th. We now in July. Yeah. And I'm running, I'm running around here. Dude, I walked a mile and a half today. I walked a mile and a half. And, you know, I, 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 I was like, I felt great. You know, I felt like like I can get out there and rap again. You know what I'm saying? Well, well, well okay. So well, here, but here we go. So, now, I, I know you're your own person. And you told me something earlier today that you will be where in December? Um, well, we got the Nutcracker coming up. You know, uh, no, nah, you, you're not dancing, Kurt. You, you know we're, we're doing the Nutcracker again. No, but yeah, so, I, I have to be on the road with you. I have to be on the tour. I canceled the tour for Europe. I had uh, 25 shows I canceled uh, in May. So we are going back out in, in October. So I'll be done by October. I'll be back out there in October. This well, is just like, you know, what's the guy from the Rolling Stones? Uh, Mick Jagger, who had a heart operation. He just had a surgery. He's back out on tour. Oh, no, but no. I'm going with you, Kurt. Kurt, get me a plane ticket. I'm going with you. No, nah, but see, I don't n- no, nah, because you promised me and Cal three I'll years ago. No, you promised me and Cal three years ago you wasn't gonna do no break dancing. When you did the Lehman College, you say Van and me and Cal. If I die on stage, <laughs> and what did you do that night? If we had the fibrillator outside for you, you went there and come on, Kurt. It gives you power. It gives me power. It gives me power. And 
it's the one that 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 makes the heart beat, and it's also it's also it gives you the energy when I'm on stage. So that's why I have so much energy because I have hyperaldosteronism, and it's like the body is is really strange, and and it's incredible, because um, you you have problems in one area, and then your body reacts to it and it, uh, it adjusts so when I hear that crowd when I hear that crowd and I walk out there on stage and the crowd is going crazy that is when my hormones come into play and they give me all the energy and that's where that's why I can still break dance at, at 60 years old Number that's two. why I still can rap and carry a tune and dance and rap at the same time like you know it's it's, it's really impossible but it's it's one of those things it, it's the people it's the crowd you know uh i don't know it's 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 just something that's really really strange um everyone that i know you know uh, uh says it's incredible and you know that's that's just who I am and I, I, I love to do it I love being out there on stage I love entertaining I love making people feel good I, I, I love the crowd I love the, 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 the music that I'm singing you know and, and, and that's what it's all about I'm never going to stop that until the casket drops I mean that's what I'm known for and that's what I do I mean a lot of people say oh here's Dark Break Dancing yeah alright I'll, I'll give it a year or two maybe but I don't think I'm, I'm ever going to stop. I've heard of Africans over that are doing the capoeira and doing, I've heard of these 80-year-old Africans who do head spins, you know. So, I mean, it's possible. You just have to keep in shape. I know my boy Speedy, who's a, a B-boy, he had a heart attack about 10 years ago. He's still out there doing power moves and breaking so it's okay. As, as long as you keep in shape, I have to um, let you guys know. I mean, it, it's all about sports. It's really uh, athletic. And, I mean, I, I get on the bike and I do a half an hour riding my bike. I got a, a, a stationary bike at home. You know, like I said, I, I got out and walked a mile and a half today. But that's incredible. So my body is, I don't know, it's, it's just... My body is, is is not a normal body. And I just thank God that I can be able to do these things. And I'm not going to stop. If I hear that crowd, the crowd will take me and make it happen. Believe me. That's what well, I brother, I want you around as long as I'm going to be around. And I'm a year older than you. And let, let's, get, let's get at least another 20 years on this planet. You know, in our 80s. So we could talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Amen. But I don't need... You know, we don't lost Lovebug and AJ. Close brothers to us. And Ready Red. Man. I said to Cal, man. If anything happened to Curtis Blow, I'm done. I'm done. And, and Cal... I'm going to take it easy. Everybody yeah. wants me to take it easy. Yeah, you got to, Kurt. But then, but then my doctor said... I gotta get out 
exercise a day. And it's not about sitting down, because if you sit down, then that's when, you know, lack of movement, lack of motion, that's when you die. Okay? And you're right, Kurt. I mean, you you should know because... I'm trying to tell you, this is what the doctors are telling me. You went through something friends, that... So all my family, yeah, everybody wants me to chill out. No more breakdancing. Okay. No more breakdancing. I'll give it a year, two years. Until I can get that strength back, you know, where I can do it. But as far as rapping and the stamina, getting out there, getting on stage and doing shows, that's exercise. And that's going to make the heart stronger. Oh, no, no. We understand that. We just need, we don't need you to be trying to spin and backflip and all that. Like, Lita, <laughs> no come on, dude. Right. You know what I'm I saying? Got you. I got you. But I hey, got Curtis, you. when you say you're coming to New York again, because I think everybody want to see you when you come, man. Like, like. I'm trying my best to, well, like I said, I start this program in July a nine-week program. I'm, I'm out doing physical therapy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I'm, I'm going to come to New York. I think about around my birthday, August 9th, uh, uh, I have the uh, reunion over on my block on 140th Street in Hamilton, over there right off of Amsterdam. Uh, August 10th, I'll be there. And I want to have a nice birthday party. I'll be 60. Uh, uh, hip hop churches on this night as well. Well, do you want me to call? Do you want to do your party? And, and want me, you want to call Reggie Wells or what you want to do? I don't, I don't know. I gotta think about it first. I gotta see if I can get on the flight. I'm trying to get the doctors. Yeah, because you're not supposed to be flying. So I can't travel. And did you talk to Rick? So just if anything, if anything don't work out right, the doctors here at at, at NYU. Knowing you coming in town. Doctors, Dr. Skolnick, Dr. Lumet, all, all at NYU. I love them so much. Uh, they did the mitral valve repair for me. Those are my doctors in New York. I will definitely be in touch with them and make sure everything is going to be all right. So every time, it just seems like every time I take this flight, I get on a plane and then uh, uh, I get to where I'm going and then things things go, 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 let feel. So we're taking it easy. Like I said, let me, let me get out there and exercise and, and get stronger. I'm getting stronger every day. So I think uh, by August, I, I should be all right. And you know what's so sad? You know what's so sad, Curtis? The same week you came back, John Singleton came back from Costa Rica. And I was on the phone with, with his um, oldest daughter, Mother Tarsha. And because, uh, you know, John had had a couple strokes last year. And when he came back, he went into a coma and never came out the coma. Right, on a flight, I heard. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's, it's kind of dangerous. But, um, like I said, I roll with Jesus, you know what I mean? I, 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 I have to put all of my faith and all of my trust in God that everything's going to be all right. Like I said, if I come to New York on the 9th, that's about the hip-hop church, you know? So we'll be spreading the gospel God will be with us. Well, well, we'll talk about that off the phone. Just pray for me. Everyone pray for me. Believe me. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to chill out. Uh, but I have to exercise. I have to exercise and get this heart right. That's, a, that's how you turn around 
Right. I do stationary bike. Like I said, I got a stationary bike at home. I do a half an hour every day. I walk three times a day. You know, I can walk a mile, a mile and a half. No problem. Uh, and, 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 and then I'm going to start swimming. You know, so once I get in, in, into the, 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 the physical therapy and get all of the, the right side of my, my, my body working back to where it is, and just give me a couple of months. By August, I should be good. You'll see me in August. My brother Curtis Blow, you know I love you, brother. And brother, no, no, not because we on this phone here. You know I love you. You know all the things that you know that I went through, and and you know and everything. And you know I love you. We have our outside conversations, man. And I'm so glad that you can let everybody know how you're doing and how serious that the things that you went through the last three years, but in the last three months. And that your wife and your family was there to support you. And everybody that know of you, because a lot of people don't know you, they know of you, also supported you. You know? Yeah, man, I had heard, you know, all the prayers. You know, maybe that's that's what God wants. Uh, is, is that we can, get, we can get out there and pray for each other. You know, and, and prayer works. I mean, this may be... God's way. Maybe God made this happen so that we all could come together in unity and just pray for each other, man. You know what I mean? Because that's all I've heard. I mean, it's gone viral. Just the love and the prayer from everyone that that, that I mean, everyone that I know and even people that I don't know who just know me. You know, I, I don't call them fans. I call them friends. Right. They were, they were, they were, they were, Exactly. And, and and so you're not a fan anymore. You're a friend. You know me for 40 years. That's crazy. And so I, I got a big shout out to everybody who uh, all the musicians uh, on Christmas rap. My first song that came out in 1979. The first song on a major label. Uh, 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 my my favorite song, Christmas rap. It's going to be the 40th anniversary coming up this December. That's what you were talking about, something coming up in December. And you got an album coming, right? Yeah, so I'm doing an album. I have 11 songs, 11 Christmas songs, incredible songs. I mean, it's incredible. Just, just a, 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 It's called The Christmas Rapper. I never did an album for Christmas Rap. So I titled this album The Christmas Rapper. First song will be Christmas Rap. And I have 11 brand new songs uh, coming out this December. Uh, and I just want to let everyone know, uh, please support me with that. It's, 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 it's something that's very, very special to my heart because my first song started it all off. And it's Christmas. It's about the birth of Christ, you know. It's the number one holiday of the year. It's the best time of the year. Christmas. And it's the number one hip hop Christmas song ever recorded. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple more, but I'll say that 
Hey, brother. Hey, listen. If you don't get that, and listen, at least you know when that in the holiday season, you know you're gonna have a good check coming in the first quarter of two of the next year because everybody playing that song on the radio all over the place. You yeah. know, and, and I just <coughs> thank radio for making it a classic. You know, playing it like Nat King Cole, and and, and, and big shout out to Run DMC with their Christmas and Alice, and, and and Russell Simmons and everybody. That's my crew. But uh, I'll tell you, you know, the first is the best. I must confess. The B-L-O and the W. I you oh. catch that boogaloo flu. And Disco B. I talked to him two days ago. He like, yo, I, I don't know when the last time you talked to Disco B. I think he oh, said. that was my boy. I talked to him last week. Yeah, he said he talked to you last week. Because we just, I just did an interview with him. And he said, oh, Van, ain't nobody never interviewed me. I sent him like 30 flyers from Black Door Production. He said, Van, now nah, I got, I finally got something to show my grandkids. And, yeah, and, Disco B and I go way back to them days when Flash was rolling around New York doing his thing. And, you know, I was part of that crew, you know. I used to, I used to hang out with B, me and B. Yeah. Getting on the turntables, three DJs on the turntables. Right, I Mike. Used to do that with Disco B and Easy Mike, man. We used to have so much fun, man. And B and B mentioned that, and then, and this is the first time of my hip hop acknowledgement that you was setting up equipment and carrying equipment for Flash. Curtis, in my book, you get all the credit. You from Harlem, and you've been in the Bronx, 
you ran around with a lot of people, you fought your way in, you opened a lot of doors for a lot of people, and and um, at the end of the day, man, you know, I got nothing but love for you, brother. You you like my brother, brother. Like, you know, we have our our tits for tats, but at the end of the day, man, it ain't about it, it's it's about us as human beings. You know, it's about, you know, the glory of us knowing each other from, you know, teenagers. And we, 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 we senior citizens, damn near. You know, that's, that's the great part about all this, you know? Exactly, you know. And, you know, I just want to shout out my man, Billy Bill. A lot of people don't know him and how far back. This man has been in the game representing along with me. And we started a long time ago. I'm talking about in the late 60s. He's about three or four years older than me. And the only reason why I got out there to go to all of them clubs and hang out and get to go to all of them clubs because my mother let me, my mother knew his mother and they were friends. And my mother let me hang out with Bill. He was older only because he had vowed to go to college and he went to Bronx Community College, right? He also went to Clinton High School. Now, Billy Bill is from Harlem like me. So we started out b-boying way back. He put me down in 1972. A lot of people dispute this. They say I'm lying, but this is the truth. This man goes back. He started in the 70s, right? He started... In 1970, at a club called the Factory West. Now, even before that, there was another club called the Dukes. The Dukes delivered all the way downtown in the Lower East Side. Now, this is some Manhattan history that people in the Bronx don't know about. And they all say I'm lying. So, when disco and all of that stuff first started, clubs first started, two turntables instead of one turntable from the hop. In the 60s, first DJs had one turntable, then they started with two turntables in the late 60s at a club called the Dukes down in, uh, all the way down on the Lower East Side. So now it, it, it moved up to 125th Street, a club called the Factory West in 1970. And this is where Billy Bill got put down with a group of B-boys called the Hill Boys one of the first break dances in Manhattan in 1970. Okay. And, um, and so my man Danny Harris, who was a guitar player, who went to play on, on, on a lot of my stuff, the Fat Boys, put Billy Bill down. It was Danny, me, Danny, Billy, um, and, and about four or five other dudes. And they were uh, uh, baby spades from Harlem themselves the Hill Boys, and we used to battle everybody over at a place called the Factory West on 125th Street in 1970. Now, I was 13 in 1972, that's when they put me down, and we started going to another club called Chuck Center on the east side, right? 115th Street and 2nd Avenue, and they also had another club called the Dojo, which was a lot of, uh, uh, martial arts cats 
used to party at night, the dojo was turned into a club too. But they didn't let me go to the dojo because they was fighting over there, martial arts and everything. But Chuck Center was where I started, 1972-73. Then I went to high school, high school of music and arts, and met a dude named Larry Green, Lawrence Green, who introduced me to Cool Hunk and Cool Hurt, 1974 took me to the executive playhouse and I hung out at the executive playhouse me and Billy Bill Billy Bill went on to become a writer he was also a rapper I was a DJ he was a rapper um, but um, um, Bill and I used to hang out at the executive playhouse we used to go to all the clubs all the clubs around New York City and my mom let me hang out with him he was older than me he filed to go to college. Bill went on to be a writer. He wrote songs for me throughout the years. In 1981, he wrote Hard Times, which Run DMC did over. He wrote Games People Play in 1983, Masal and Disco Fever. He wrote You Gotta Believe for Love Buck Starsky. He wrote Eight Million Stories. He wrote Basketball. A great writer. He became a great, great writer. Maybe one of the most prolific writers in hip hop. That's Billy Bill. Fast Life for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, uh, the man was incredible. So that's Billy Bill. I gotta shout him out. He's been my friend since you know the, the, the mid '60s. His mom and my mom were friends, and I knew him since I was like seven, eight years old. And I, and I wish him a happy birthday the other day. And being the fact that I did write a song for you, that's something I wanted to do. And Billy Bill wrote the last part of the song. I feel like I'm in good company. <laughs> Only the strong will survive. Right, right. You remember that song. I mean, you know, it, it, it's like I'm the type of dude, you know, I, I, I can't forget where I came from. And, you know, I got a lot of friends like Danny Harris was a great guitar player part of the Orange Crush band, like David DMX, when I started hanging out in Queens, uh, 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 all of those cats, the Orange Crush band, you know, prolific songwriters, Larry Smith, Russell Simmons, all these cats, you know, I've known for years, and I love them, and, and we did something really, really special, man, we had like a, 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 a real crew. I was making music. I, I remember, man, from 19, from about 1980 to about 1985, we were making 60, 70% of all the hip-hop music that came out. From the Fat Boys, to Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Run DMC, Houdini, uh, 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 Eric B. and Rakim, LL Cool J. All of that stuff was like a dynasty, man. And, uh... You know, I was there, and thank God, if I rule the world, <laughs> I'd love all the girls. Hey, yo, and, and, and before I let you go, tell the people the short story of If I Rule the World. Well, If I Rule the World was a song that was written, created, well, let's say created by my man AJ. AJ, the whole story about AJ. He couldn't rap. AJ, AJ was a DJ. He was down with 
Flash needs to open up for Flash. You know, he's from the Bronx. Well, he's from the Lower East Side, born on the Lower East Side. Then he moved up to... Yeah, he moved to my neighborhood. ...projects and got with Flash. But everybody loved Flash, but AJ was like the opening act a lot. So, one night, when the Sugar Hill Gang was uh, at the Autobahn Ballroom, and they had Rappers Delight, 1979, AJ was the DJ. At that point, I had my test pressing a Christmas rap, my first song. It was a test pressing, so we took it to AJ. So yo, Jay played it. AJ played the instrumental and let me get on the mic and I'll rock the house that night. So I, I never forgot that. He gave me a shot, right? So about 1983, I was looking for a DJ and got with AJ. So he became my DJ started working together and went around the world. That was after Davey DMX. That was after uh, Run. Run was my first DJ and then Davey DMX and then AJ. So AJ um, had this girl up in Morehouse Projects that hated him. But he was in love with this girl. Her name was Miss Mo- Miss Rose. Miss Nadine Rose. Rose, which he named a, a hip-hop award show. Well, Nadine didn't live in more houses, but Nadine, right. Green Eyes Nadine, he named a sh- show after her, the Rose Awards, like n- nigga, <laughs> nigga. He was so in love with her. He was so in love with Green Eyes Nadine, to, boy. Yeah, she didn't want to give him time of day. So we're on our way to Europe on the plane. I said, Jay, listen, you love this girl so much. I'll tell you what, I'm going to make you a song about you and make you a superstar and I bet you she's gonna give you the time of day that she's gonna fall in love with you so when we got back from Europe I went to the studio and made the song AJ AJ I wanna see you right he became a big superstar and then she fell in love with him exactly cause I had to right. deal with Nadine and his crap Hold on, but hold on. You know he took it to Sylvia and they rejected it. to my attention.
an excellent musician. A lot of people don't know that. Don't give him the credit. He's a bass player. He's a guitar player. Played drums, all that, and DJ, right? So Dave came up with the bass line, and 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 we put that thing together. And and AJ had the first two verses. I wrote the third verse. Uh, uh, and it was an incredible, incredible, big, big hit. Now, the one thing that was incredible about that song is, is we used sample loop, the first sample loop. Remember, uh, uh, pump, 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 pump it up, triple pump. Right. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Pump and the percussion that come, pump, 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 pump it up. Push that, push that, push that. So we took that percussion. And we looped it, made it continuously play, just one bar of it, and we played it under If I Rule the World. So that was the first sample loop in hip-hop. And a lot of people start talking about, like, you know, Eric B. and Rakim's, uh, I know you got Souls, first sample loop, not true, everyone. Uh, 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 his brother, his big brother was my keyboard player, and he understood what we were talking about with the sample loop. So he got the sample loop from us, you know, when we on the road talking about it, what we gonna do on this album. He went back and gave it to every B and Rock Kim. But if I Rule the World came out first. So that sample loop um, uh, gave the difference to the song. And I had to fight the engineers to keep it on there because it was so, you know, the record was so dirty. It was like, you know, it was unclean, so uh, we, we then brought up this saying called mud. He, he, the engineers were like, it's too muddy, it's too muddy, it's too dirty. No, we specialize in mud. That was our saying. So that was the sample loop, the first sample loop. Uh, Trouble Funk, you know, pump, pump, pump it up, was under If I Rule the World. And the song was a big, big, big hit. And it became a controversy because Run DMC uh, had made King of Rock, you know what I mean? And put that out before If I Rule the World. But If I Rule the World came out and was a bigger hit, uh, King of Rock was like number 40 on the charts. And If I Rule the World was top 10. And we went gold. It was a part of the Crush Groove soundtrack. It went gold. Big, big major hit. That was my biggest, uh, biggest hit since the breaks. And Nas, and, uh, did, and, and Nas did a version of If I Rule the World, and somebody else did another version of it. So, Right, right, exactly. So, that's my favorite Curtis Blow song, If I Rule the World. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I love um, the breaks, and I love Christmas rapping, but If I Rule the World? Yeah, it, it was kind of like, you know, controversial because... There was a lot of competition. That was 1985, so, you know, I had the fat boys out there. You know, we had Run DMC, Houdini, with uh, Friends and all their songs. You know, you had Run DMC with, with, with uh, King of Rock and and, and uh, uh, Walk This Way came out in 1986. They came back with another hit. But 1985, the number one song for hip-hop was If I Rule the World. Oh, and, I, uh, I love that song. Big, and there was a lot of competition because Larry Smith was producing Houdini, you know, with, with friends and, 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 
come out at night and you had Larry Smith also producing King of Rock with Run DMC you know you, you had Davey DMX with with uh, 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 Dollar Bill y'all Dollar 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 Bill y'all you know a lot of hits we had a, a crew that was making a lot of hits during that time but If I Rule the World was the top of the charts during that time so I scored big time and that was my biggest hit like you said since the breaks and I thank God that uh, AJ came up with that joint and I love him rest in peace AJ uh, Nadine Rose you should have married him <laughs> hey yo AJ showed me the piece of paper that uh, the, on the white loose leaf paper from a notebook that he wrote part of the lyrics out your hey first of all you're not a rapper you know you, you're spitting on the paper Yo, 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 I'm, yo, yo, I'm gonna take this Sylvia, man. I'm gonna get money for this RC. Next thing I know, you cut the song. He said he, he, uh, Curtis, he said he bought, he said you bought the song from him. Uh, well, no, I didn't buy it. I, I definitely paid him his publishing. No, 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 we know, well, we know, no, no, he ain't saying about that. He said, you know how AJ is. Yo, Kurt gave me, Kurt gave me G's for this. I said, for that? Where all the lyrics at? <laughs> right, it was only two verses. Right. He gonna show me this shit written in pencil. If 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 you written in pencil on a on on the black notebook paper. I'm like Jay. Yo, Van Yeah. Count count me this come me to Jersey. Nah, nah dog. Every time I go somewhere with you, man, we always get in trouble, man. You take Gil or Rob to one of them with you. I'm not going with you out to Jersey. Because you like to hop out of cabs. <laughs> That's my brother, though. AJ, AJ was a character. You know, I loved him. You know, he was, uh, he was something else. A lot of jokes. A lot of people knew him. Um, and, and he talked a lot. You know, he's one of those Sagittarius. He has a lot of stories. So, um, it's incredible just to reflect back to, to those days when, you know, we were rolling around. He used to make me laugh a whole lot. Yeah, I miss I miss him, man. I started out handing out flies for him. And uh, he used to always have me downstairs waiting in front of Morehouse building. He used to go and see his baby mama, Jean. Right. Have me waiting down there for three hours for my money. I'm like, yo, Jack. Yeah. And you yeah, know, yeah. he was a piece of work, man. He was. But just to have him around him and David Dean, I mean, just some incredible times that we had. Well, David D is still here now, so you know, like you know, David D is still here, but you know. AJ and Lovebug, man. You know, that's part of our lives. Yeah, I miss Lovebug too, man. That, that was a character. That guy there, he was something else. You know, what a guy. A lot of people. I used to have Lovebug around just to, just to. <laughs> if, 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 if I didn't like you or if you were a problem, uh, Lovebug would handle it. <laughs> <laughs>
my gosh, you come backstage, and if you were not nice, Love Bug would tear into you, man. He used to get into a lot of fights, a lot of problems, a lot of arguments. But I tell you what, his heart was on his sleeve, and, you know, I, I trusted him. I trusted, I trusted Love Bug a whole lot. Love Bug knew that him and I, we had a special relationship because I produced his first record, man. You know, that you got to believe. And so we were boys. We were like, man, I remember meeting him for the first time down at the Rennie. At that time, I was working at, at Small's Paradise. I was the house DJ Fridays and Saturdays. So I went down to the Rennie like on a Wednesday or Thursday night just introduced myself to Love Bug. He gave me a shout out. We were friends ever since, man. That dude was a real dude. And, and we gotta say, and we gotta say, rest in peace to Willie Gums from Roy's Voice movie because he passed last year. Yeah, yeah. Big, big shout out to Rose Royce movement. Willie Gums, man. Those dudes really, really did a lot for hip hop during those days. I'm saying, if you were from the Bronx. You know, people. You know, many people told me they, that they wish they could play, could have played in the Rennie, get in the Rennie right. Renaissance ballroom. AJ, Kenny G, Sunny G, Mercedes ladies. On 25th Randy's place, yeah. That that's the factory. That's the remember I was talking about the factory, two? yes. And the factory on 125th. Yeah. They they shut it down in '72. We all started going to Chuck Center after that. But after that, a few years later, I guess in '76, '77, '78, they changed it to Randy's. To Randy's place, place. yep. Go yeah. upstairs. Uh, Yep. I mean, for real. 
Disco 4. When it, when it was just DJ now and Drew, when it was just DJ now and yeah. DJ Hollywood, yeah. Eddie Chiba. Reggie Wells, Columbus Projects. Come on, man. It's a lot of good stuff. And 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 the other thing about this this uh this rivalry or, or disco versus you know hip hop. You know, for cats in the Bronx to say that disco is not hip hop, it's not right, it's not fair. We're all together, united. I think together, united as one. We're a big family, but we're dysfunctional. And and, and you know, cats don't believe me. They don't. They don't want to. They don't want to give props to the cats who were rocking the clubs. But those are the cats making it happen. And the cats who were in the parks and block parties and the park gents and the community centers. And 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 small disco, small club, man, you still disco. You disco. We all a disco. We're ghetto disco. We're the best disco. The epitome of disco is hip hop. Hip hop comes from disco. Yep. And for the first time in like 25 years, when I was in New York last week, I seen Brucey B. Come on, man. I mean, cats like that. I mean. Casey, the Prince of Soul, and, and, and all these cats, all these cats. If you got on the mic and you were an MC, it didn't matter. If you were trying to be Hank Span from WWRL, or Gary Bird from WWRL, or you were trying to be like the the the, the uh, 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 my man, the, the uh, Jocko, or no, no matter whatever you were trying to be in the beginning. It was all the development of hip hop. It was all the development of hip hop, you know, from the last poets to, you know, I was a. It does dream. What's the what's the T connection? What's the name of that? Oh man, everybody was trying to rap like this dude. From T connection. Uh, no, not T connection. Oh, you trying to say Fat Back Band? No, not Fat Back Band. I'm talking about no. Sister's Dream and 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 oh wow. And the last poet? The, not the last poet. Somebody else. Is um. Oh my gosh, I can't remember. Well, it's always gonna be the ones. It's always gonna be the ones who ain't made no impact. That's gonna bring that shit up. It's the ones that been on two or three flyers that got an issue. It ain't the one that did like all the major parties, did all the party, all the promoters hired them. It's always the two. It's always those ones who did two or three joints, and they parade around like that's like the American flag. You know, ain't never made a record and nothing. But okay, you did your contribution. You played in the parks. You did a party, maybe at the Audubon. You was at the end of the flyer, whatever. Thank you. Thank you for your contribution. But nobody know you outside of your block. <laughs> I catch a nigga cheating, I give him a beat, and I might even blow him away. Yo, that's from the hustle. That's, that's from the last poets. Hustle. Hustle. 
Hustlers Convention. Hustlers Convention. Oh, uh, Blue. No, what's his name? He just passed not too long ago. So a lot of cats started rapping like that, and they're saying that's real hip hop. But then Hank Span, I started rapping like Hank Span in 1974. I'm listening to WWRL. I wanted to be Hank. This is Hank Span, WWRL. Super 16. You know, I'm the server. I'm just about as funky as a crippled crab without a crutch. And you know that's too much. Too much. Lightning rod, lightning rod, lightning rod, Curtis. The Hustler Supreme or Hank Span? Well, it was Lightning Rod. Lightning Rod from the Hustle Convention. He passed not too long ago. Lightning Rod. So all of that, you have a combination of both. See, that's the difference between disco and hip-hop. Lightning Rod and sport and all of them. Lightning Rod and sport. And spoon. Cause, Cause Melly Mel, Melly Mel did that Hustle Convention over on one of their albums. Cause that came out in '73. But okay, that ain't nothing no different than what Homeboy said from the Mac or what Dolomite said. That's not hip hop. That's not a MC. You're just rapping. But it gave us, it gave us a platform. It gave us a platform because at the end of the day, they didn't have a DJ cutting to nothing they were saying. But it gave us a platform. That's all. Right. But I say it was a combination of all of that together. Right. You can't say one is the predominant influential uh, situation. You know what I mean? They, you had different styles. You had mad flavor. You had different styles from, you know, Coke to Casey the Prince of Soul to JJ the Disco King. To, to, to Melly Mel. Right. To Happy. You know. To, 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 to Kid Creole. To DJ Hollywood. You know, it's just mad style. Mad flavor, man. <laughs> and everybody needs to, everybody need to embrace what everybody brought to the table. And just keep it yeah, moving. Man. Show love. Everybody show love to everybody. That's what we got to do. Amen. Amen. Well, this is your brother Van Silk, Rapper Mania Podcast. I've been on the phone. We got a two-part series over here. My brother's Curtis, Curtis, Curtis Blow. And I want everybody to know that he's getting his health back together. And and I think Kirk could tell you he's going to be around and he's going to be all right. Am, am I right, my brother? That's right. Yes. You got to name it and claim it. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it shall eat its fruit. I speak life. I'm going to be here. You hear me? I ain't going nowhere. That's it. Name it and claim it. That's my faith. That's my faith. And Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of my faith. So, I got a lot of stories to tell. A lot of testimonies. I'm gonna be here. If y'all need me, get at your boy. And you'll know how to I reach Cur- and you'll know how to I reach Curtis Blow. And he said he loves you. And I love you too, my brother. Come up. Phone get ready to die. Um <laughs> and I know it's about what, eleven o'clock your time in LA? Yeah. 
Everybody, it's your brother Van Silk. I'm out. And I'll catch up with you on the next episode. Hey, Kurt. Yeah, my phone get ready to die and everything. What picture you want me to use? The one with you with the Bible or what? The one with me pointing. You know that one? The white one with the white? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the light? Okay. All right, let me charge my phone, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to listen to it, and I'm going to put it up. All right. All right. Thank you, brother. You're welcome. Okay.